Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we focus on metals, mining, and more. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Today's show, we will cover equity markets and a clever, simple way to hedge your portfolio. Joining us for a conversation is Chris Marcus of Arcadia Economics. Mr. Marcus, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, Maurice. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, great to finally catch up with you. Appreciate seeing the content you're posted on your site and glad to talk about the markets today. Plenty happening, right? It certainly is. Mr. Marcus, for first time listeners, who is Arcadia Economics and what is your underlying thesis? Well, Arcadia Economics is what I started after leaving Wall Street back in 2012, where uh, I was sitting on the New York Stock Exchange when everything was imploding in 2008 2009 eventually started reading Austrian economics realizing that things were actually work quite a bit different than we were told and I uh, really left to share what I had seen which on one hand I think is incredible because if you're given the real version of how interest rates affects the markets and all these things are interconnected it sometimes maybe over a longer perspective but it reminds me of gray's sports almanac and back to the future where if you can understand that if the banks do this with the money supply then you can get what's going to happen um obviously a lot of tricky things going on now with so much manipulation in the market but that's uh what i write about with uh on arcade economics when for miles franklin with my main thesis being that I think we're very close to seeing the historic stock bond and real estate bubbles that have been inflated with the historic past decade of Fed monetary policy. It sure seems like we're coming close to the end of those, um, which fortunately I don't think has to be the scary apocalyptic Armageddon that often it's phrased at as Instead, if you do understand what's happening, which again, I appreciate the that what, what you share on your site about that, you can put things in place and and be prepared for that. And certainly we can talk more about that today. Well, I certainly appreciate that. There's a certain amount of responsibility that we have in the media to make sure that we don't use scare tactics. And we're not financial advisors, financial planners, but we're here to do our very best to make people aware of situations that are occurring that may not be in the mainstream media and how they can protect themselves in a wise and prudent way. Uh, you know, we brought you on the show today to discuss some developments that you see occurring in the equity markets uh, that have your attention at the moment. But before you begin, uh, is your narrative important for only U.S. investors? No, I think it's relevant for people across the globe, A, for, to the degree that whatever country you're in, if you want to trade in U.S. markets, uh, I think that's something that's great about the world today, that we have the internet and we have the all these different financial products so that people can go out and express what they're seeing and what they want to trade. Um, so to the degree that uh, people in foreign nations want to trade the U.S., that's, pot, that's relevant. Yet, of course, to the degree that the dollar is the world's reserve currency, all of these banks are interconnected. Um, we saw last week with Italian bonds going bad, then we're realizing a lot of the European banks own the bonds and Deutsche Bank's getting downgraded. So it's, it's not just the U.S. alone. In fact, it's fascinating thinking about how all of these different pieces are interconnected. Uh, I know there's this tendency to call uh, the U.S. the prettiest pig on the block and 
people are saying, well, you you can't take money out of the U.S. because you know all the other sovereigns are in worse shape, which it's actually interesting to think about because if you add in uh, the unfunded liabilities, I mean, the debt to GDP here dwarfs what Argentina has, who's currently undergoing their own currency crisis right now. So it's fascinating. There's so much uh, bias and momentum that we've all been programmed with of the dollar being the reserve currency yet. I mean, we, we passed 20 trillion in debt. The Trump team, the projections now just talk about 30 trillion as if that's already decided. There's no there's no plan for cuts. Um, I believe there was a Wall Street Journal alert today saying that Social Security finally dipped into a deficit. Um, add in that we have a missing 21 trillion dollars from the government with a money supply that's supposed to be around four trillion. So if someone wants to make the argument that Europe collapses first or Japan runs into trouble first or even China where as much as they're producing goods, which is certainly a good thing, and they're lending a lot of money to the US, um, I hear there's still a lot of extra credit going around China as well. And my guess is that perhaps in next coming years, we'll see all of these paper systems facing pressure, which is why I talk and write so much about gold and silver and the cryptocurrency market and at least some of the places people can go if they want something that can't be printed based on whichever politician is put in there. Which is saying a lot because you're coming from the stock market for us. You have a a strong profound appreciation for precious metals that is not common but the reason I asked the question is this centric to only US investors it sounds to me and you correct me if you're wrong here if I'm wrong here I should say uh, that is there a potential for contagion and if there is a potential for contagion in Europe then capital flight and the capital flight seems to be everyone wants to come to the US and that's why I asked that question here yeah, and we and we saw that uh, a couple of weeks ago when Italy had a problem with the banks and just after the US yields it spiked above 3%, shot up to I think the top was 3.11. Um yeah, these are all going to be interconnected, especially the the rising interest rates in the US has put a lot of pressure on the equity markets um and you see some of the other foreign central banks raising rates as well so yeah it's it's and I, I think that's one of the tricky things where people are often wondering which one is going to go first is it going to be europe that's going first and then sparks the u.s or will it be a u.s problem that sparks elsewhere um i sure wish i knew the answer to that one yet you know you see how interconnected these are so if just like in 2008, when interest rates went up, started popping the bubbles, you had trouble in the U.S. stock market, in the U.S. mortgage and housing markets, which was a problem in the U.S., yet quickly spread across the globe. And there's some degree to which, you know, there's the future and we're humans, so we don't know exactly how it all unfolds. But certainly the conditions are in place there for exactly as you said, for that contagion to spread 
So while it may start in one versus the other, it's set up to affect all in a very powerful way that I think people should be aware of. You know, you add contagion, capital flight, uh, the debt, then you have unfunded liabilities. And now mm-hmm. we add one more thing here. This is a multi-layered question here, but does Arcadia Economics believe that, the, that we're in a trade war? And if the answer is yes, is this the beginning and what is the ultimate result? Well, it's interesting because there's what is reported and then what might actually be happening. So on the surface, at least to the degree that we see Trump and China slapping tariffs back and forth, yes, that's begun and is happening. Uh, I find it odd foreign policy, especially with China being your largest creditor of U.S. financing, and it's and it's 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 almost baffling where you see China basically giving every indication possible. Or I keep poking, but this time we're fighting back. Which started with the Petro Yuan last week. There was news of a possible Yuan-denominated precious metals contract which for people who are not big fans of the COMEX and the short paper that's going on there, certainly if it follows similar adoption, uh, Maurice, have you caught uh, that apparently the uh, people are using the Petro Yuan contract and the market share has actually been growing quite a bit? No, I'm not aware of it, but it really is interesting that that is actually a new development because that's really what's kept the U.S. currency afloat. Yeah, so... Certainly, if you had a similar pattern like that with a precious metals contract, and then add to that what I caught yesterday, apparently 14 African nations are holding a meeting to discuss using the yuan as their reserve currency, which, I mean, you get small stories along the way, although that one that we're now having open meetings about the yuan as a reserve currency. So it's it seems to me as if China's saying, all right, you can start a trade war if you want, but you're not gonna bully us around anymore. So what's interesting is the degree to which is there a battle inside Washington with sides being taken against the deep state and really can you separate what we call government into a whole variety of different factions certainly gets into a bit more of the speculative zone although I've seen enough to feel that I don't think that what we see through all these things is actually what's really happening I need to hear there's a school of thought that Perhaps Trump is actually working in concert with Russia and China to bring down the deep state and the banks, which I, I mean, is, is fascinating to think about. I can't sit here and say whether I know that to be true, but to the degree that it seems bizarre the way things are lining up that you would keep antagonizing your largest creditor, it's certainly a fascinating possibility that I've heard some intelligent people basically uh, voice in a manner of speaking. So on the surface of it, yes, there's a trade war, which from an Austrian economic standpoint, 
to me is not the way I would do it. Um, although I do wonder more and more as you see these things develop, if things are a bit different underneath the surface than we've been told again, uh, we can only hope we find out more about that in time, but certainly it's fascinating hearing some of the opinions out there and, and watching to see how it unfolds. You know, as a speculator, these are truly exciting times for us all. Um, mm-hmm. For a listener, they're saying to themselves, okay, that's the macro perspective. But from a micro perspective, what can I as an individual investor do to benefit and or protect myself? Well, fortunately, the good news is that there are options um, for those who have been following gold and silver, especially if you bought in 2011 anywhere near the highs that hasn't gone so well similar I know you cover a lot of the miners and it's been a tough seven years in particular for the miners as well the good news and before we started you and I talked a little about the difference between insurance and speculation and what is savings what is money um, and I think what's nice with gold and silver is that to me when you look at the amount of money that's been printed, especially since the last collapse, and you see the way um, all the other, the stock market, the real estate market, they're all hitting new all-time highs. I got an alert that the NASDAQ, uh, I think yesterday, hit a new all-time high, and I looked, it's basically gone up a multiple of five since March of 2009. So, Again, just looking at the amount of money that the Fed says it printed, if any, of course, we haven't got an answer on how much money's out there with that 21 trillion missing because so far the government's only response, to my knowledge, as voiced by Dr. Mark Skidmore, has been to take down the documents from their website. So the point being, I think there's a ton of money out there. I don't think anybody even really knows. And yet, gold and silver are up a little bit since their 2008 lows but seems far behind to me and you also have the advantage that they're basically trading at what it costs to get them out of the ground so you can sell as much paper as you want you know if you drive silver down to 10 bucks you know there's not going to be many people spending 15 to get a 10 dollar ounce of silver um Again, you know the uh, mechanics of the miners better than I do, but from listening to folks like you and Rick Rule and others that really dig into the balance sheet, I've always felt like the mining stocks that actually know that they have gold and silver seem incredibly cheap to me. Um, Now, because I'm a former options trader, I've had good days and bad days trading options on these which I don't recommend to most people, although, you know, to the degree that, and this would certainly be by all means speculative, that again, I wouldn't recommend to most people, but when you think about, to the degree, if you do capture the timing, especially on the miners, if you dabbled in options, again, that's getting away from, if you have physical gold and silver, which can represent to me a form of savings in the way that I remember when I was uh, five or six years old sometimes I would get a savings bond as a birthday present and you know you were getting something that you could leave there you didn't have to touch it and you knew that it would appreciate over time 
certainly gold and silver trying to trade it short term. I say as someone who was trading short term equity options for a career and I don't bother trying to do that because it's tricky when the markets are this manipulated. But as I write about all the time for Miles Franklin and Arcadia, to me, the fact that you have this floor in the form of the cost of production saying that it's kind of hard for it to go much lower and you have all this printed paper out there. I mean, we're not talking about conspiracy theory. Deutsche Bank got caught. They paid a fine. I'm sure you've seen some of these trader transcripts where they're giggling, not just one bank, but I mean, you hear Deutsche Bank trader A telling UBS trader B, we're going to smash it, ha, 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 stuff that is kind of surprising to me because from being on a trading floor, I remember our compliance guy uh, would often say, two out of every three things you type are going to be read by somebody. So be careful about what you type and here, and this is public record, um, I believe there's another court case ongoing now where more of these transcripts have been released, which I'm trying to get access to. So I know uh, the mainstream likes to ignore the topic of gold and silver in general, but for people sitting out there saying, what can I do that is, all right, if I see something coming, and I want to have my money safe. Um, I think gold and silver in particular fit that bill. Again, if you get more to the speculative side with the miners, because you can have a company that silver could go up a lot, but if they just have a bag of dirt, it's not going to do much good. And, um, you know, but I think there's a place for balance in both of those. Again, by all means, I'm a trader, not a financial licensed analyst. Although my general rule of thumb is that if it's affecting your emotions throughout the day or you're worried about how you're going to pay for food or your rent, that's probably a sign that maybe the position size is too big. So again, you know, factor that in. And if you have a great professional you work with, explain that. And I think there's certainly a great reason for it to be part of your portfolio but just remember you want to balance that all together so that you're not, if your goal is really just to protect what you have, that you're doing that. Versus if you want to speculate, you have the right to do that too, just to the goal of matching what you believe, what you're aiming for, so that your money's actually doing that for you. You know, I'm actually quite surprised that uh, the equity markets in with the with the way that Bitcoin has been doing lately, that mm -hmm. the precious metals actually have sustained, you know, their their price. Uh, so that's actually interesting to see because I would have thought that there would have been a flight from the metals to Bitcoin because a lot of us are speculators in in the metals as well. Um, mm -hmm. We all have our favorites, you know, based on today's discussion. Give us your thoughts on gold, silver, platinum, palladium, and rhodium, respectively. Well, I'm I'm a an ebullient silver bug over here. Um, I remember when I started seeing the problems with the dollar focused. I mean, I know a lot more about gold and silver um, from the own oh, an ounce of platinum and uh, maybe an ounce of palladium. And from what I've heard, again, I'm far from an expert on those two, but I've heard Rick Rule talk about both of them and. 
I would get the feeling that certainly if somebody had a good investment case for palladium or platinum and wanted to say which would you rather hold these or the dollar I mean that's an easy call and I get the feeling those will do quite well um, more specifically in terms of gold and silver one of the things that I always liked about silver that drew me more heavily there is that you do have the industrial use as well so whereas most of the gold that we've mined is still out there most of the silver is gone um, now I think it's interesting I know there's a lot of skepticism about the public gold and silver numbers and rightly so um, because I mean we're also analyzing another market here where there's a lot of variance on how much gold and silver is actually out there where it is I think that there's and you can tell me your thought I believe there's a consensus that at this point there is more above ground gold than silver at this point does that match what what I, you've uh, I depending on who you speak with in different sources uh, but yes I think that's it be a fair assessment but um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you have them trading at gold at an 80 to 1 ratio um, certainly uh, there's more we expect there is about a 15 to 1 of silver to gold in the earth's crust um, but to me it, uh, from really digging into the manipulation not a lot I've always felt that silver has just on a relative and you know again we're almost guessing at what's fair market when there's so much distortion and such an inexact science of how much is out there yeah, to me, silver always felt like it was depressed even towards gold, plus the fact that so much of it's being consumed. And again, I like to be careful about assuming I know what the future supply of silver is or that anyone knows exactly how much is going to be used yet to the degree you look at the technological world we're in and there's certainly a lot of reason to believe that the demand for silver is not going anywhere. Um, so on a percentage basis, I think that when we do have a break point with the paper selling in the markets, I would expect silver to go up significantly more on a percentage basis than gold. So I, the majority, I have a couple gold coins, but primarily the metal I have is, and I, and I anticipate continuing that, most of it being in silver going forward. Yeah, I think we're in agreement here with the uh, ratio right now, 80 to 1. There are anomalies mm -hmm. and distortions within the market. We are very bullish on silver and platinum. And we were earlier, or I should say close to a year now, on rhodium. By the way, what are your mm -hmm. thoughts on rhodium? Uh, I've never really looked into rhodium too much, to be honest. Well, rhodium, we were I've... very bullish on that a year ago. Uh, if you look back historically uh, within the last 10, 15 years here, rhodium was at 10,000. And uh -huh. it's now at 2,200. Uh, we were at the Sprott Natural Resource Symposium last July, and we were on record, and we indicated we were very bullish on rhodium then, and the price was in the 900. So, uh, and we and we feel the same way really about again, platinum and silver. Uh, those ratios are going to change, and we, you know, and again, this is uh, maybe answering more than what you're asking, but uh, we fervently believe in trading and using those ratios in your favor. So when the gold silver ratio does change. We exchange those silver coins for gold coins, and the same with platinum to gold. 
Uh, we just like those value propositions that they present. Yeah, and, and, and raises an interesting point because one of the things I remember thinking about when I first got into gold and silver was that I'd have been about 10 years I'd been working on Wall Street and I realized I couldn't think of a single person I knew who traded gold or silver or did anything with it. And certainly if you think about rhodium, even a smaller market than that, and to the degree that anytime there's a very tiny market, especially that people don't think about or understand, um, can be a great way. If you go in and actually can understand it really well, that often does provide a good trading opportunity. And um, so certainly that's uh, interesting here you found that. And I'll bet, <laughs> I would imagine, uh, especially with the expansion of the money supply, there's probably a good case to be made for, for, for looking in there. Let me ask you this. You use the word manipulation. Uh, we hear that a lot in our industry. But do you believe that manipulation is only precious metal centric or are all markets, in your opinion, manipulated? Uh, <laughs> where to begin on that one? I mean, we have the Federal Reserve openly manipulating the bond market, but they've just gotten everybody to think that's the way it works by calling it policy. Um, the a whole host of the banks have been manipulate, uh, fined for manipulating the real estate and mortgage markets. Uh, I think it's been a couple years since they got fined for manipulating the currency markets. Um, it's actually almost harder to find a market that they have not manipulated. Um, so by all means, no, it's not contained just to gold and silver. I think it's extreme in gold and particularly silver. Um, yet, I mean, you can look a uh, quick Google search, will find not my opinion, but court fines and admissions by the banks of manipulation of just about anything they can find, which I think on one hand is incredibly unfortunate because the system that people were sold of you know, work hard, go out, invest your money wisely. And, you know, and we've, I'm stunned. I was stunned while I was on Wall Street, what I saw. And I'm even more stunned as I continue to find out more and go deeper down the rabbit hole on what actually goes on and what I've found since then. Yet that's why, well, again, I like to phrase it carefully because I know that when some of these things happen and, you know, it, it is going to affect a lot of people. And I feel blessed and fortunate that for whatever reason, I've been seeing this for a couple of years and able to prepare certain things. So by all means, I don't want to give the impression that I'm rooting for things that are going to affect people negatively, yet to the degree that if we have a currency that the banks have printed away 99% of the value of, to me, if you get, imagine if we got a monetary system that even had one-tenth of honesty and everybody w woke up this morning and found out, you know, you're making 50,000, you're making whatever amount it is, just multiply it by 10. And that's why I think money has been kept such a secret topic and we've just been trained to slobber at a dollar bill like it's the holy grail um, because there's everybody always wonders sees the banker mansions and yachts this is where it's coming from 
This is where all these tanks are coming from. And when you think about how much of the crime would that went on today or in the last year or 10 years, if everybody had 10 times as much money, I mean, would you agree that there's a lot of people going around working two or three jobs and are petrified because they're worried if they're going to be able to take care of their, themselves and their families, right? Certainly. So, you know, that that's the, the good that I see coming on the other side of this. Um, I do think the cryptos are going to play a role in that as well to the degree that as much as I like gold and silver, if I want to buy something online, you know, we do live in a digital world. So my best guess is there's going to be a combination of the two by all means, just like there are scams within the stock market or gold or silver, there's going to be plenty of those within cryptos. So again, you want to be careful about what people are selecting and what you're investing in. Yet, fortunately, I do think that there's a lot of good that is coming out of these changes with all the it's interesting how the labels always oh they're they're using it to fund drug running and terrorism which do we not have enough evidence yet that that's exactly what the dollar has been used for good it's not my opinion oliver north stood in front of of congress when i was seven or eight years old i remember not understanding why a general was there not looking too happy so i mean again i don't People don't have to take anything, my opinion, for any of this. It's all there and paints a clear picture. Yet, from what I'm seeing, while there's an adjustment to come, we can all start learning about that. Now you've got a great site that shares a lot of great information. And, you know, I appreciate and you, you appreciate people like you have a show and are spreading and giving people a way to find out that there are answers and i think the more people who join that movement i do believe the positive spirit of mankind is greater than any bank or new world order or anything else like that and i maybe it's the hope but i i think that that part of humanity is coming out as this evolves in the financial markets and so will be a fascinating time yet beautiful and productive um certainly the more that we band together and and share and people search for the truth well thank you for the compliments sir it's mutual respect for arcadia economics you know we you said a, a lot there so i want to just interject here for me you know we're mm -hmm. talking to the individual investor and you were talking about savings and then you mentioned the dollar for those of us that are listening today that may not be aware there is a definition for the dollar the dollar is 371.25 grains of silver. It is not a Federal Reserve note, which is 75% cotton and 25% linen. Now, if you understand <laughs> what the definition of a dollar is, it's very important because would you exchange, if you had a dollar, which happens to be a Morgan and Peace dollar, which is 26.73 grams, which is 0.77344% of an ounce, but that's just the nerd in me, but would you ever exchange a Morgan or Peace dollar for a Federal Reserve note? They both say $1. And right then and there, it should click that they're not synonyms. Do not be right. fooled by the one that says $1 if you know the definitions. And that definition, again, is found in the 1792 Coinage Act, which has never been repealed. And my little pet peeve always is, is the word money. If you ever look on a Federal Reserve note, look on the upverse and then look on the reverse. 
there's two languages specifically on the, on the, on the one. There's Latin and there's English, but the word money is omitted. Mm -hmm. Call the Federal Reserve or call the Bureau of Engraving and Printing and ask them, hey, did, why'd you guys miss that word? Because everyone calls it that, but when you start to make the distinction, the separation, and understand the sophisms, it has a profound impact on your life. It's not that you're better. It's not necessarily conspiracy theory. It's just facts. And when you understand facts, you can change your life. You can change your vocabulary. You can change your ideology. Now, I rambled there a little bit too much. Let me ask you this, sir. Last question. What did I forget to ask? What did you forget to ask? Uh, perhaps when is this all happening? And uh, I, I wish I had the answer to that one. Um, I don't think that it's that far longer off. I mean, when you look at the developments that are happening, um, and perhaps most importantly, you know, hey, I have to preface this saying, even when I left Wall Street in 2012, I thought it was imminent then. Although, with that said, what has always loomed and what was the actual spark in the last crisis that imploded in 2008 was the rising interest rates, which we've seen uh, begin to happen as the Fed has been hiking incredibly slowly. Um, so we're, we're, you know, maybe we'll get to two percent in the next decade. But still, seeing interest rates rise, seeing foreign creditors walking away from the auction, seeing the steps taken by China, seeing Iran ban dollars, seeing countries stand up and say, we've had enough. And I say this as an American who I don't, I, I love where I live. I love the people around me. I don't agree with the government policy or the, the finances and how that works. Um, so I would just point out to people that, again, hey, you know, maybe you sit there with your gold and silver for another five years, although it certainly seems like a lot of things are in place that if it happened tomorrow, don't be surprised. Um, again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's happening next Tuesday because as much as I wish I knew that, um, I don't, yet I think it makes a lot of sense to be preparing now and not waiting any longer because certainly certainly all the conditions that would seemingly indicate that a move is coming um, whenever that does occur to me it seems very clear it's a matter of when rather than if now so um, you know it is a good time to be taking action and listening to shows like this and again I thank you for you know sharing the information giving people a place to go and and uh, I think that's how we can, people always wonder, what can I actually do? But whether it's you're talking to a friend or you're hosting a show, on some level, I think that the more truth is spread, the more power we reclaim. Very well said. I'd like to close on a note here as well. I'm very fortunate, and I'm not saying this in a bragging way, but I interviewed the most respected names in the natural resource space and in the financial sector online, and I speak with them offline. And the common theme that they all have, and many of these are what we would consider some of the one percenters, the common mm -hmm. theme that they all have is they own money. Money mean gold and silver. Whereas the 99% cannot make that distinction between gold and silver, money, and currency. And so they're naked on money. And they don't have to do necessarily in quantity, because you can't compete with them at that level, but you can right. do it in quality. 
by making small little moves. You know, I do sell precious metals through Miles Franklin, precious metals investments, full disclosure. Am I biased to you purchasing precious metals? Absolutely. But even before then, I was an advocate. I, I like to just share something simple that anyone listening can do. And I've been doing this for years. You can go to a bank and ask the tellers if they have any Kennedy 50 cent pieces. If the answer is yes, simply ask or any of those in the 1960s. The bank teller does not know the difference between currency and money. So mm -hmm. they will be willing to exchange for you, with you copper nickel coins that you currently have in your possession for silver coins. I do it all the time. I'll go to a bank and hand them $3.50, and I'm using the word dollar in a generic term knowing that it's not right, the right. real definition of a dollar. But I'll give them three fifty, and in return they'll give me $70 worth of silver. Now that's a non-recorded transaction, and I didn't get taxed on it. And I do it all the time, and I have no competition. So these are simple things that you can do. Uh, but you need to listen to shows such as this and then become proactive. It's one thing to listen to it, but then you have to be proactive and then do the education and stick with the education. Most of your competition based on today's date right now are consumed with game three of the NBA Finals. That's your competition. They're after the game. They're consumed with what is one announcer or commentator on a sports show yelling about. I won't say his name. You know who I'm talking to if you listen to sports. And, and, and it goes on for hours. And if you just realize that if you're the only one showing up for the race, the probability, as Rick Rule always says, of you winning is is greatly enhanced if you're the only one that's going to show up for the race. Right. And so shows right. like this, narratives such as this, really open up your eyes, and we hope that uh, it can be life-changing for you. So, sir, again, uh, thank you for coming on the show. But, Mr. Marcus, before you leave, if someone listening today wants to get more information on Arcadia Economics, please share the contact details. Well, you can find me at www.arcadiaeconomics.com. You're also welcome to email me at chris at arcadiaeconomics.com. And, you know, I really felt there was, for whatever reason, I saw these things that I did when I was working in Wall Street, um, walked out because I did feel there was an obligation to stand up and speak up about the things I was seeing. That was how I was raised. That was always when I was doing the Pledge of Allegiance throughout public ed indoctrination, grade school, you know. But that was always the way that I was raised and believed what we were supposed to do. Um, and I do, I do enjoy helping people understand what's going on. So feel free to contact me, and if there's anything I can do to help. Uh, again, I appreciate you having me on the show. It's great to finally meet you, and I appreciate what you're doing. Um, it's exciting to see things actually happening, and uh, I think there's good times ahead. And last but not least, please visit our website, www.provenandprobable.com. Through Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments, we offer gold, silver, platinum, palladium, rhodium, offshore storage accounts, precious metal IRAs, and safe deposit boxes, which are fully insured by Brinks of Canada. The website again is www.provenandprobable.com. You may reach us at contact at provenandprobable.com. Chris Marcus of Arcadia Economics, thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thank you, Maurice. All the best to you, sir. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, 
completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.